0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing feedback. Feedback about our feedback and your feedback, and we're feedbacking.
1: And a little bit of news and rumor, too. Uh, I got a (gasps) few things to mention.
0: Uh oh. Oh. Nice. I'd be
1: coy. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. Uh so so yeah, I mentioned in the intro we got a little bit of uh news and rumor happening. Um, uh Numer, if you will. A little new num- some Numer. zuma uh, nope. no, no. Nope. No, oh, okay. Um
0: so Don't be name we're dropping.
1: A couple things that I think are interesting in the sort of news realm this week. Um, oh first, if you haven't seen the uh the high school dance team that did the Avengers anybody seen have you seen this yet Jeff oh yes yes I did I posted it on our Facebook today if you haven't seen this they basically tell the entire infinity saga in dance um it's super fun it like they they introduce characters and they show them doing what they do in the movies it's real fun you should check it out it's on our it's on facebook dot slash mcu cast you can check it out um, definitely need to check that out uh, it is cool uh but the news things that I, this is these are rumors uh, but apparently if Sony is sold to another conglomerate, the Spider-Man rights return to Marvel. Ah. What do you think about that? I
0: think that somebody else needs to buy Sony.
1: Yeah, well, there is rumor that Apple, because they're trying to expand their ah. streaming service... Apple is considering buying Sony. Oh man. And if that happens, oh, man. Spider-Man will come home to Marvel. Here is the only problem I, here's the only problem I foresee, and I don't know if Sony would be dicks about it, but, uh, I think technically the version of Spider-Man that Tom Holland plays would still be owned by Sony, if I understand my, uh, all my law correctly because uh like yeah because like sony like if sony makes a thing and they have advanced the story in some way like they cast someone or they uh create a new element of the character or whatever then in most cases the parent company can't go and use those in other ways uh, but they, they they may have a different deal. That, I don't know if that that's in this deal or not. That's in most of these kinds of deals. But I would really hope that they would just work that out, and Sony wouldn't be dicks about um, the. Well, I guess it would be Apple being dicks at that point. But yeah, if Apple buys Sony, there is a lot of people saying that that means Spider Man will be free and clear.
0: Ah, yes. So yes, what that's we need.
1: that's a really cool rumor. Uh, The second rumor that I'm hearing, uh, you know, with my ear to the ground, as it were, is that Denzel Washington is being eyed as Magneto.
0: Oof. Oof. Man. Talking about having freaking weight and gravity.
1: Yes. Denzel Washington is an amazing actor, and... Would be a great Magneto. And wh- what this made me realize, we were talking about it a lot. How are they going to do this? How, th- like, we talked about it. How are they going to bring him in? Of course, we talked about that a lot. But one of the biggest things that we've talked about is Eric Clinshear having the early experience with the Nazis is what makes him uh, hate humans. May- what makes him, like, a mutant supremacist. It kind of, he becomes what he hates, you know? He's yeah. kind of he kind of like the, well the humans think they're super, like the Nazis thought they were superior to me. Well you know what I'm a mutant I'm superior to all of you. Like that's that's sort of his whole ethos. Oh. But like what if it's he's Malcolm X exactly. Well that, and that's Malcolm the thing he's X-Gene. he's always, <laughs> well that's the thing and that's always been part of the thing is he's Malcolm X to uh to to Professor X's sort of um. Martin, Luther King, Martin Jr. Luther King Jr.
0: and like I'm sorry, Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. Right?
1: What if they are just? What if they just take that dynamic and put it in the civil rights movement? And instead oh, of dealing man. with his as a young boy dealing with you know the Nazis, he's dealing with like uh, you know Jim Crow era South or um, or or, or uh, you know the KKK or whatever. Like he has to deal with like. His parents being killed by the KKK or something like that absolutely has like we we were talking about what in what what can have the same weight as the Nazis in that story and I, I we couldn't think of anything and I don't and I'm, I was like I'm sure there's there's other things that could work. I, I, I don't there's know why. Obviously been other awful things in history, right? There's plenty, but I can't think of one As the Nazis are the big evil. You know, they're, they're the yeah. ones that we, the, we call people Nazis just to call them evil. Like it's synonymous, but yep. like, I think there is an opportunity there for that to have the same kind of weight and to build the same kind of character. And man, if Denzel Washington in that role would just be amazing. Yes. But who would he play against? Who's a professor X to Denzel's like, how are you going to put Denzel in that character? And then you're not going to be on Denzel's side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I legit can't think of anyone who could like play against Denzel and like, and stand up to him in that same way. I'm trying to think of another, uh, an actor who could do that.
0: It obviously has to be Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I mean,
1: oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think I think it would have to be if they're if they're going with that storyline, I think it would have to be another black man.
0: It doesn't necessarily have to be, but I, th- I feel I like it would
1: that- lose the weight of it. it. Well, I mean, I I guess it doesn't have to be because it, it, it Professor X doesn't have that same history in his past. Um, I mean he he does have the the whole history of
0: like you know being looked down upon For not sure. just because he's in a wheelchair but because you know he's he's not human right. um but it would it would help to to kind of sell their um sell that their dynamic
1: yeah, yeah I I think it would help to sell that dynamic now it doesn't have to be you're right though I I guess like Eric Lynn sheer dealt with the Nazis professor just didn't necessarily so I guess, I guess I guess there there is a difference there. And maybe maybe that's what would be the divide between them. But they're there, there you know, along with those same rumors, they are saying they're eyeing uh they're looking to get two black actors to play those two roles, actually. Yeah. So yeah. uh I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I love Denzel so much and I any so, glover. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know. I'm sure I'm certain there's someone out there who can pull it off. Um, but I'm just trying to think of someone that age. Uh, I just, Denzel's in a, in a kind of a category all his own. And I, not, I don't just mean a good actor. Like there's lots of good actors, but like the the charisma of Denzel, like Morgan Freeman. Ooh, Morgan Freeman. That's not bad. That is not bad. He's got the weight to,
0: to stand up to Denzel Washington and charisma. and he's the got wisdom the charisma, the the wisdom. He's got that doctor, he's got the the Professor X, like just he's got that that whole character already, just in who
1: he is. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good Ugh. call, and he and he would be just as much gravitas to like put across the table from a uh, from a Denzel. Yeah, that's yep. a good call. I like that. Good, 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 good pull. Good pull. Another good one though. Yeah, keep it coming, Earl Jones. Yeah, possibly. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, not that. Not that I have a problem with James Earl Jones, but I've never. I don't I, w- I don't. I don't have the same affection for him that I have for those two.
0: Okay, that's fair. But I, I n- still, I still really amazing. like Morgan Freeman for it.
1: Yeah, I think Morgan Freeman's a better pull for me. That's a, that would be really good, and I'm sure there's tons of amazing actors out there that I just am not aware of, or I'm not thinking of. But like, uh, yeah, that would be a pretty good dynamic. I think. Partico. It's funny.
0: I uh, I googled a uh, a list of like the the greatest black actors in film history. <laughs> uh, Denzel Washington is at the top of the list, of course, uh, on Ranker. And you know, I was like, okay, Denzel Washington. The second one is Morgan Freeman. The third one is Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like,
1: yes. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, he's... That, that's actually. I was actually <laughs> thinking like, who looks good with a bald head? And I was like, oh, it could be Samuel. Nope, it can't be Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> cannot. Cannot. In fact. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Number four though is Will Smith.
1: Mm, yeah. I don't think Will Smith's old enough. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's old enough. Don Cheadle, no. It yourself, but damn it. <laughs> Alright. Let's move on to some feedback. So those are Okay. Those are two things that are pure rumor at this point, but uh could be could be good news all around, really. Yeah. You know what's not a rumor? What's that? <clears throat> Robert Downey Jr. is coming back
0: to the role. In what fashion? In what fashion, you ask? Well, the uh, the movie that is called Black Widow is set in between the time of Civil War and Infinity War. And he is going to make a cameo as Mr. Tony Stark in that film.
1: Wow, that is huge news. How did I not know this? I don't know, man. All right. Well, we should really talk about doing news sometimes. Um <laughs>
0: Sorry, sorry.
1: All right, all right. Uh, okay, we're gonna dive into some feedback. How about it?
0: Okay, I'm I'm good for it. Uh, let's see, Nathan Odinson. <laughs> I did. I read this. I read this tweet when it came through. Uh, he says, "I'm glad you guys learned a new word, rubric." Especially you, Matt. But Jesus Christ, if I was playing a drinking game, I would have been smashed seven minutes into the show.
1: Yeah. You know, Nathan, I fully hear you. I realized it as we were recording. I was like, I've said rubric a lot, but then I was like, what's another word? And I tried a few others. I think it said system at one point, and I was just like, I, I like rubric better. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just I tried to stay away from it. I was like, categories. Um, yeah, I just, I kept going with it. So yeah, sorry, wobbly boots. I'm sure that was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you're if you're if you're wondering what we're talking about, last episode we ranked the movies, and we each came up with our own rubric. Uh, it is again. So just so you know, I've known that word for at least a year, <laughs> <laughs> and so when I find a place to use it, you know I'm going to be pretty excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also criteria. Um,
1: nope just just rubriced.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that's great. Joshua Willis sent his message to my headcanon, quote unquote, for the serious wounds sustained by Thanos and Hulk when snapping the gauntlets. Uh, Hulk told Cap he tried to bring her back, an obvious reference to Natasha. Uh, maybe Thanos tried to bring Gamora and the Soulstone, or I'm sorry, Thanos, maybe Thanos tried to bring back Gamora and the Soulstone, which occupies a special place among the stones, caused the injury because they tried to cheat the Stone just a thought
1: i love the canon there i think it's really cool and the fact that they both have reasons that they're uh uh you know that they're harmed uh but i think it's just a power issue like we were were shown in guardians of the galaxy that these stones one of these stones can't be held by a mere mortal they have to be like a god level power to hold the stones and i'm assuming the gauntlet gives them some sort of protection a little bit at least uh but when they go to snap they're like fully coursing that energy you know they're, they're channeling that energy with their thoughts like i think it's just a i think it's just just it's just harmful to a uh, it's just an overload yeah it's just an overload to a being to use the gauntlet period because yeah. they, they discuss it before uh before hulk does it that's why hulk does it is because no one else would survive it he says this is uh this is it's why it's like gamma radiation yeah this, this is why I exist to do this. And yeah, yep. really cool. And
0: when he, when he put the gauntlet on and, you know, he, he picked it up and, and had all the stones kind of activate or not activate, but all the stones come in contact with him. You could see like the arcs of energy just coursing up his arm and, and burning away his flesh. Like it wasn't him trying to bring her back. It was just holding them. Was
1: yeah, wrecking that's him. true. Yeah, just holding them was hard enough on any of their bodies. You see, same thing with uh, Iron Man when he it gets infused. You can see just like it's like it's burning under the surface of his skin. You know.
0: Yep. Yep, and then it just uh, takes him away. Anyway, uh, Sherman Smith sent us a message. Uh, looks like uh, oh, is this where you got that story about Denzel uh, Washington? It's
1: not the only place I got it. But yes, I think basically Sherman Smith says the same thing I said earlier. Uh, so sorry about that. Sherman but I didn't mean to, uh, steal your thunder, but to give him credit, uh, Sherman Smith sent us a message about the Denzel Washington, uh, being Magneto, uh, story. And he said, uh, I've got a great story idea for this one. Instead of the Holocaust, he could grow up in Jim Crow era where something horrible happened to his family. This could trigger the latent mutant powers of Magneto is born. Uh, call kevin feige he says uh yeah i i think honestly like if they're going with denzel and they're going with that age of a person and they're going with black actors for those roles i think that's what we're gonna get like i think you're i think you're absolutely right sherman smith i think you're absolutely
0: it has to be on i mean and that's that is the uh that's the time you know that's that's the next I guess the next logical step in human history of like really shitty things happening
1: to the to a huge group of people, you know. Uh I don't know if I'd say that. It, it's definitely the the one that in this country has the most resonance. Um That's fair. Like That's, I think that people are constantly uh, there there are wars and genocides happening in this world near constantly for the last yeah. t- thousands of years so uh i don't i don't want to say i don't want to undercut someone's pain by saying like there wasn't anything crazy between those two but in this country the resonance that we've 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 decided in our culture to give those things like those are the those are two of the big bads of history you know yep yeah people fighting on the wrong side of the civil rights war and or civil rights movement and people fighting the wrong side of world war ii um you know it's, uh, it, it, they're, they're, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's weird, cause it's those two things in our history seem to have a villain, <laughs> you know? Uh, a lot of wars we think of, uh, I mean, we give them a villain, but basically all the wars that happened before America was a thing, <laughs> we don't think of those as villains. And that probably just shows you, like, our culture, our cultural bias to some degree. But, um, <laughs> we don't think of, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like the French Revolution. Like,
0: who cares? There was no villain there. That was just uh, a bunch of people that yeah. you know. That's what I'm saying.
1: Like, there, because I would, I would don't say don't that have... the monarchy was probably the villain in that. So, so maybe that, that was a revolution, not so much a war. But yeah, yeah. Like, I'm thinking of like I don't know. I, I, see, I can't even think of other wars before that. But yeah, even World War, the, I, war, I, war we don't, One. World War One. Even World War One. We really don't think of. At least I don't. Yurch. The Archduke Franz Ferdinand? Come on, man. Right. I don't think of (laughs) them as villains as much as just different countries that had disagreements, you know? Uh, I mean,
0: different groups of people having disagreements is kind of like, that's the basis of any and all wars
1: right for sure and, and and that's the basis of the wars that we're talking about but uh it also is like it just it just in our culture we have made a villain out of those particular people and it's it's yep. it's it, i think it's a great fit for what what they need for that story i really do yes.
0: So Joshua Willis said to us, uh, listening to the latest episode of The Greatest Avenger, would Cap's ability to call Mjolnir be under the moral compass or power? I was surprised at the level 3 rating on power,
1: considering that moment in Endgame. Uh, I would put that under moral compass. When, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it.
0: The, the thought is that Mjolnir measures the the worthiness of a person not the not their ability to lift you know cuz a lot of the heroes have the ability to lift but it's definitely his moral compass and honestly that's not his power he's borrowing thor's power from 2012
1: <laughs> yeah uh, exactly so so i wouldn't put that in power now i i totally hear you on the level 3 rating maybe being uh, low I guess I'm just thinking of the other heroes we have. I couldn't put them at a five because purely talking about power level, um, you've got uh, Captain Marvel. I mean, and even Iron Man, even um, Black Panther. They've just got other ways of exacting power. Uh, uh, Captain America's a scrapper. Like he's he's in he's in it. You know, he's in he's he's like just. A guy, he he, can, he only affects the things that are immediately around his body. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It would take, like, like uh, you see Captain Marvel bring down those ships. Captain America couldn't do that.
0: Yeah, no. Captain that.
1: That's the thing that I can't give him a five. That's why Captain Marvel gets a five.
0: Yeah. Captain Marvel and Thor both were just like flying through spaceships taking them out. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of a big deal. <laughs> They're kind of a big deal. Um, Cap, you know, being the leader and them looking up to him, you know, that's that's what makes him a great, great Avenger. Is that these guys who are stupid power, like crazy amounts of powerful, look to him for the leadership and for direction.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: that says a lot.
1: But even so... You know, it sounds like you're even arguing for Cap to be higher on our list, so I just want to say I'm glad you agree with our list so much. Um, <laughs> you, you know what? Cap is better than we originally thought. Yep. Maybe he, maybe we could scooch him even higher on the list. Oh no, we can't. Yeah, number one... Oh. <laughs> He's number zero. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound good.
0: Uh, it's actually really good if you uh, if you're looking at an index in programming, but that's... No, nope, that's not
1: what we're talking about. Moving on. David
0: Pendergrass!
1: Was <laughs> David Pendergrass, have to say.
0: <laughs> uh, he sent us a few messages on Facebook. Too many sorcerers. Mordo has been slacking during the snapping, apparently. Um, and mentioning the last episode, Clint was a leader in Age of Ultron to the Twins, and that speech was good. Uh, also, where was Spider-Man? Also, also, you shouldn't want to force a woman into the list because that is an equality. That's outcome leveling, which denigrates a character. And arguably some of the, uh, some of the guys had really bad introductions to their characters where the women had great intros.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I agree with most of that, that, that David said. Uh, I, 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 just, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about Spider-Man? Should Spider-Man have been in the conversation? I think he will be in 10 years. Yeah. I think he's I, not there I, I yet. Just, I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be great, and most just still a kid. Like by by my (laughs) rubric, it's it's like you know, he he, his power level is not that high, his his moral compass is high for sure, but but I feel like some of some of his moral compass comes from a as of yet unchallenged worldview. We'll see when he has to really deal with loss and uh, we haven't seen this particular spider man do that yet um and and his uh his his overall impact in these big events like he kind of was just part of the hot potato for the he hes he's a, he's a hitchhiker on the spaceship and then he plays hot potato with the gauntlet and that's about all he does in these in yep. these movies um now he is um the inspiration. He's part of the inspiration. So, so if you want to just, uh, you know, we had a lot of people writing in and saying like, this person should have been in there because he had such a big, big impact. But like, there's a, there's different kinds of impact. And, you know, obviously if Spider-Man hadn't been there, maybe Tony wouldn't have gone through with the plan, but that's a different kind of impact than like being a great Avenger, I feel like. That's just being yeah. a kid that Tony loves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's just being a person that's close to Tony. Yeah. So really, he just makes Tony a better person because Tony is trying to to live up to this kid's expectations of him.
1: Yeah. But I, but, I, but again, that's, that's that's how he affects another character to be the great Avenger, not necessarily how he is himself. Now I, I, but I do love Spider-Man, and I think he will grow into his role as one of the greatest Avengers. He just hasn't had time yet to do that big of things. He's still our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, you've been to space. All right. what's Who's next? <laughs> uh, at Wookie TV said, just
0: listen to the latest episode. Scarlet Witch's impact should be high, for better or for worse. She destroyed the building that ultimately led to the Sokovia Accords, which led to the whole Civil War.
1: So, I, I yes, she had a big role in the story. But I think when we're talking about The Greatest Avenger, we were assuming... Positive impact. Positive <laughs> impact. They're <laughs> they're positive impact. You to, didn't specify. That's true. She is the reason that the Avengers are on the outs. Uh, she is the reason for the Sokovia Accords. She's the reason for Civil War. Like all that's true, but she she didn't have much of a positive impact uh, in the end. Yeah, she's kind of yeah. like Spider Man in that way. She sort of moves through the movies doing things and always part of the battles, but never really accomplishing much. <laughs> Sorry, Scarlet Witch fans. <laughs> Always a battle maid, never a bride. Never know. a battle
0: bride. Battle bride, yes. <laughs> battle brides. This <laughs>
1: this this year coming on TLC. <laughs> That's actually pretty I good. Love it. It's a pretty good idea. Like, so g- give some sort of like two like a venue is only available one day and the same two brides want a venue and they have to actually fit, like have some sort of battle, not physical fight necessarily, but like some sort of like challenge or physical challenge or fear factor shit to like win the venue they want. (laughs) No, I like
0: battle brides where, you know, they just duke it out until, you know, they, the one that gives up loses the, the, the venue.
1: Yeah. I, I I don't know if you want—they're going to have to push back their, their nuptials because of their broken teeth.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, you you give them safety equipment. It's like boxing, you know?
1: Yeah. Boxers never get their faces messed up. You're right.
0: Never. Never, ever. <laughs> uh, especially if they do it with, like, uh, like the
1: jousting equipment, you know? Put them, get a helmet on them. Yeah. Give them the sticks. I'm not trying to give the brides, like, you know— uh, concussions. <laughs> so. That's what the helmets are for, man. I, I, I think it. like, you know, like just, the uh, classic fear factor stuff. Like who can walk across this crazy rope that's a thousand miles up or whatever. And like who can eat the crazy bug and just, just because like see what they'll do for their, their dream venue or dream whatever. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, fu- that's actually pretty good. <laughs> Battle brides coming <laughs> soon to TLC. Let's go pitch that shit.
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Is TLC still a
1: channel? I have no idea what TLC is. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on.
0: (laughs) All right. Matthew Rainwater said to us, All right, guys, this may get your goat, but I disagree with Captain America being number one on your Avengers list. He was good and all, but he became the worst Avenger when he gave it all up to hang out in the past. I mean, think about it. The world was at a point in time where they needed the symbolism he brought, the hope he inspired the most. Iron Man had just died. The world was in ruins and had to rebuild. America had been decimated by the snap. Then all the people brought back, which was great, but more chaos ensued. Yet Captain America, in quotes, abandoned everyone. For what? So that he could hang out with Peggy Carter. Also think about it. He knew everything bad that was going to happen and did nothing to stop it. He did get one thing correct. He was truly America's
1: ass. (laughs) All right, couple things. We don't know exactly what he did in the past. He might have gone to the past and changed everything in a different timeline. We still are not sure because the two, the writers and the directors disagree on what he did. Uh, uh, (laughs) But, yeah, who knows? Who knows what he did? Uh, But, I would say uh, that you're asking him to do exactly what they're asking him to do in World War II. You're saying they need he they need the symbolism of Captain America. Captain America is a soldier. He's a punching man. He <laughs> he can't punch the problems the world's going to have after the snap and de-snap, you know. These these are going to be problems of like famine and like economies and that's not what he does. He's a punching man's hero. Uh, yeah, man. And and like this is a this is like a Peter B Parker figure out your life kind of uh problem oh for sure for sure it is uh but this is in 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 the first avenger they want him to be that symbol symbol of america instead of being a soldier you know and he refuses that world he leaves the uso tours and goes and fights the nazis like he is a man who takes action he's not he doesn't want to be the uh the billboard for what it is to be an American or what it is like. He doesn't want to be the symbol. He wants to be the man who goes out and punches Nazis and, uh, always punch Nazis. Uh, so they, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm used to being on the Orville podcast where we like get way more into politics and, uh, uh, and methods ethics. and stuff and ethics. And so I'm like, well, I'll always punch Nazis. It's an interesting conversation we can have. And I'm like, nope, Jeff's just joking. Let's move on. <laughs> no, you always punch Nazis. Well, Do you really want to have that conversation? <laughs> I, no, I'm a, I want to move on to what Steve Abramowitz I'm said. I'm a believer. I'll just say what I believe. Since you're saying you always punch Nazis, I agree that you always fight Nazis, but I also don't think that getting physical is always the way. It's always the way, um, you know, it, it definitely, there's a, there's a line where physical altercation is, is, is imperative, but uh you know, if someone I mean, has a, a, a crazy hateful belief system, it's not necessarily the right thing to do to, to punch them. Yeah. You might just be driving more people into their arms because you make them into a victim or whatever. There's a lot of, there's a lot of issues there. Uh, but but this is the, we have this exact conversation over on, uh, uh, on the Orville podcast. So I'm like, I like, I've, I've had this conversation recently. Do you guys check out the Orville universe podcast? I keep meaning to drop a an episode in our feed to let you guys hear it, hear about it. It's, it's a lot of fun and I get way more into ethics and politics than I normally do on this show. Cause we steer clear of that shit. Um, well not ethics so much, but politics.
0: Yeah. I mean, ethics is a a whole other discussion that is uh, a really good one to have, and really, honestly, one that is uh, meaningfully brought up by you know the superhero world. Oh yeah, it's it's what heroes are kind of designed to make you think about. is yeah.
1: ethics. It, it it really is. Uh, given that you guys should also check out the superhero ethics podcast. It's great. Uh, Matthew Westfox, my co-host on the Orville Universe podcast. Um, it, but but – and let me also say, I, since I just said I don't ever talk about politics and I talk about Nazis, I don't think that the Nazis are necessarily a political issue, right? Like, they are, for sure. But like I just wanted to say that I don't think that all right-wing people are Nazis. <laughs> um, I didn't I didn't say that they were. Oh, I just no, said you always no, have to punch them. I know you didn't. I'm saying because I, I feel like by saying uh, I don't like Nazis – That's, that's, that's how bad we are in, in a place in our recourse where I have to be like, by the way, I don't think that everyone's a Nazi. Uh, I think there's, there's like, you know, some reasonable stuff that the reasonable people disagree out there, but the, the actual literal Nazis need to be fought.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they need to be punched.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I mean,
0: it was weird that you were saying that, uh, that Steve Rogers was a punching man's hero, but then you were like, I don't know, man, don't always punch Nazis. Like, <laughs> well, no, oh,
1: but no. wait, you just said, <laughs> no, I'm saying Steve Rogers, is. Steve Rogers is, he's a, he's a punching man's hero. He doesn't want to yeah, stay here. That's
0: why he was number one. Cause he's punching. He's the not going to have,
1: he's not going to be here to have that comp, that, uh, that, uh, whatever conversation. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That, we went down a rabbit hole we there. We did. We did. <clears throat> uh,
0: Steve Abramowitz said to us in an email, Daredevil MCU. Uh, damn it. Steve Abramowitz said to us in an email, guys, I just watched season three of Daredevil. So badly needs to happen. First five minutes of phase five. Avengers phase two
1: has to be defeated. What? Avengers has to be. Phase two, which I think he means uh, has to be defeat Bullseye before Spider-Man. The bridge between street level and galaxy. So I think he's, he's recommending, uh, a calling in the Avengers to help the defenders defeat Kingpin. In, in swoops the Guardians and Thor wielding Stormbreaker to cut off Fisk's head and says next time make sure this is an Avengers level event before calling little bug boy. Cue Carol Danvers laugh. Uh, this would piss off Daredevil Deadpool, uh, Punisher and no end. To no end, but Jessica and Luke would love it. Uh, need to tie up Netflix loose ends. And whatever happened to that big old hole in China in season two? Loose ends suck. Uh, and why do no sky shots ever have Avengers Tower in them? Uh, okay, uh, a couple things. Yeah, I, 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 that would be amazing. I would love it if we got a, you know, any kind of appearance of the the defenders in of in the Avengers movies that'd be super rad. And I do think we will get more. There was some. Uh, there was also an article the day that was floating around. I did not have a chance to read it, so I didn't want to bring it up. But um, an article floating around that Daredevil might be going to FX. Hmm. I don't know if all of them would go to FX, but there there's a article floating around today that said Daredevil might be moving to FX. So it's a rumor, but we'll see. Um, so I think we'll get more of them uh, to tie those loose ends up. But one thing you said, Mister Steve, uh, was what happened to that big hole in China? Uh, hole to China? Uh, it was that was what the Defenders was about. I don't know if you miss defenders or if you miss that connection, but when they go down in defenders, they go beneath beneath that plaza, and that is the hole that they're digging in, or that they're that that exists in season two of Daredevil. Yep, yep. So they do actually finish that storyline.
0: And as far as the skyline shots, not ever including Avengers Tower. Um,
1: That's called CGI budgets.
0: <laughs> uh, well, there's that, but also the the the. The producers had constantly said, "Like, oh, they're in a different part of New York, right? So, you know, not every part of the of the skyline, you know, not every, not from everywhere, can you see Avengers Tower?
1: Yeah, yeah, just and, directly behind Central Station, which is where we were uh, now. Yeah, man. Now uh, we." The the last scene in Jessica Jones happens at Grand Central Station. I wonder if it has an exterior shot there. It doesn't. Okay. It, then we're the all good. <laughs> There's no flaws in the continuity. It all works perfectly.
0: Yep. Yep. Just we have to keep believing that. <laughs> Man, Steve also said in a different email, Hey, guys, Ant-Man has to be higher than Hawkeye and Black Panther. If not for him, no time heist or Pym, particles. And he went from thief to hero, like divorce to in love, flake dad to family guy. Also, Black Widow has to rank
1: above War Machine. She died for us. Mm. These are all good points. I just don't think the power level on Ant-Man... I don't know. I mean... in some ways, it, it's, it's huge, because uh, if you follow the actual physics of it, where his density doesn't change, but he can get smaller and smaller, when he goes into the quantum realm, it should have destroyed the Earth. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, he definitely is a character with a big swing in his... Uh, like like you said, as he said, uh, he goes from thief to hero. Um, and he d- does come up with the idea for time travel, but to me, he's, he's kind of like the Spider-Man or the... Um, not as bad, cause he does come up with the idea to go back in time. Uh, but it's also- Time heist. It's all sort of by happenstance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he doesn't-
0: He wouldn't be able to be here with that idea if it wasn't for the rat.
1: Right, the rat, but also the other rat, uh, Hank Pym. Uh, in, in a way, Hank Pym is the hero of that part. Like, Hank Pym is the reason that all can happen. Yeah. So it, yeah. None of none of Scott's heroness was
0: because of Scott,
1: right? Yeah. I, to me, it's it, it, he's he's a great guy. I love Scott Lang, but uh, he he isn't as um, he doesn't have as much agency and and his moral uh, his moral quality may not be as high either. I, I just I just can't imagine him being in the conversation for top five, but I, I love him, but I just don't see him in top five, but I, I dig that you do Steve. That's cool. <laughs> and, uh, I agree with you that black widow should absolutely rank above war machine. Um, <sighs> okay. <laughs> but not to bring that battle, that, that old battle back up. <laughs> <laughs> we had different criteria. Uh, what
0: does criteria mean? Uh, it's, uh, synonymous with <laughs> synonymous with uh, categories for uh, being included. Uh, um, oh, like uh, like 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 what's the word? Like if it was in a grid, it
1: might be called a rubric. Oh, a rubric. Got it. Got it. I yeah, understand yeah. that one. <laughs> I, I got the reference. I got that reference. <laughs> All right. What does Glenn Kessler have to say?
0: Uh, Glenn Kessler says, oh man, oh man, weeping. So after you all got to talking about whether Steve Rogers was Peggy's husband in the main timeline, I got to thinking about scenes we've seen in the previous movies. If one assumes that, yes, he was her husband all the time, these scenes are gut-wrenching. Number one, young Cap meets old Peggy in Winter Soldier. She can't tell him that it's actually been him all along by her side, that he didn't actually lose the chance for a normal life and wife when he went in the ice. Number two, Peggy's funeral. Old Cap can't walk her casket down the aisle for fear of being recognized. How anguishing it must be for him to not be able to do that, but to watch his grief-stricken younger self have to do it. Number three, when Cap goes back to the 70s and sees his picture on Peggy's desk, in that moment, he and all of us are thinking she's been pining for him for 30 years, when in reality, that picture is the only way she can publicly keep a picture of her husband on her desk. Yowzers, did the writers really have all this stuff figured out years ago, or are they and not Matt, the greatest retconners in the business? (laughs) Do we all... Do we all need to watch every Marvel movie again now to see all of the beautiful and emotional moments that have been hiding in plain sight all along? I freaking love these movies in this universe. Bless you, Marvel.
1: Ah, oh, love it. Good, good, good writing, Glenn. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that funeral scene especially would just be like.
1: Ugh, yeah, the idea of an old man sitting in out. the corner—that is Captain America—is really sad. Ah, I kind of feel like I need to watch it now. Yeah, like look for an old man old man. That'd be yeah. amazing if they did put in an old man Captain America. You know? Like that would yeah. be If they did that, I would be incredibly impressed. Yeah, that was uh that was Civil War, so I mean maybe they had the plan back then. Oh, I bet they did. I bet they did. I bet I, I bet at least when they mention uh in I think it's Winter Soldier when you first see Peggy Carter and he, she talks about her husband, I bet they had that in mind at that point. Mm. Yeah, that that, the the Russos were uh, working on that and the same writers were working on it. So I bet they I bet they had that in mind all along. I kind of want to go back and
0: uh, and see if she has some like coy look on her face. Like when she when she talks about her husband, like, oh, yeah, Steve saved him.
1: Yeah. In uh, in Europe. Like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they took that real seriously at the time. Yeah. All right,
0: all right. Julie Round said to us, uh, "Adam to cast James Gunn has come out and said that we won't see Adam Warlock until Guardians Four. Now he could change his mind, but
1: I doubt we see him in Guardians Three. Okay, I did not know that. I said last week I thought we'd see him in three. So my bad.
0: I mean, that was the that was like the whole stinger of of two. Yeah, I agree. I'll call him Adam."
1: Damn it, man. Yeah, I think, I thought we'd get him sooner.
0: Campbell Stites22 said for the podcast, So, you know how Cassie Lang is, uh, is in Endgame? I know Emma Furman who plays her. That's cool. What do you think Cassie Lang's future is in the MCU? Love the podcast and I loved Endgame. How do y'all like the battle? I think it's the biggest, or I'm sorry, I think it's the best cinematic scene in history. Thanks. Great podcast.
1: <clears throat> I agree. I think that it is the best cinematic scene in history. I've been rewatching it and it's just. It's just they're amazing so on rich. every level. Uh so you know Emma Furman, eh? Tell her to call us. Come be on our podcast. We would love to have her. <laughs> <laughs> um, for real. Tell her to Skype us. We will we would love it. And as for her future in the MCU, I think it's bright. I think that Cassie uh the, and the fact that they knew going into this that they're recasting her and that she has that role of stature in the comics that they probably cast her at least within mind. That she could play that character, and 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 she was great in Endgame. So uh, I think I, I can't imagine they're going to do Ant Man three or the Wasp two or whatever, and they're not going to at least play with the idea of her uh, growing, right? What do oh, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think her part is definitely going to get bigger. I think so too. That is <sighs> very true. Good pun. Uh, and for real, I'm have her call disappointed us. Disappointed in it. <laughs> have her write us. We would love to have Emma Vermin on if you do indeed know her. Yes, that would be super yes. rad.
0: Yeah, anybody who has touched Paul Rudd is welcome here. <laughs> did that sound as weird as I thought that it did? It did. It did. Moving on. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with it though. Uh, Jay Sisson said, <laughs> the future of core heroes in the MCU. Hey guys, longtime listener, first time writer. With Endgame finally wrapped and some of our favorite heroes moving on, what do you speculate Feige and Marvel will do regarding the future of certain central characters now missing from the mix? The idea of a superhero mantle being passed from one person to another is well established in comics, and we saw a glimpse of that with Steve passing the mantle of Captain America to Sam. Do you think ultimately in the future we will see other superhero mantles such as iron man or black widow passed along as well you'd have to think that marvel would want to keep its core heroes in the mix in some form but with iron man and black widow dead captain america and hawkeye retired the hulk down an arm and the future of thor uncertain will these characters fade away from the mcu entirely as the actors move on from the roles or do you expect marvel to bring in a new generation of these core heroes Thank you for all your work on such a good podcast. What do you think? Um, I think that they're they're going to pass the mantle. It's it's going to be a touchy subject for a little bit because this is about the time frame when uh, you know Iron or Tony Stark is dead, Black Widow's dead, Captain America's moved on. Like it's it's at the point where these these symbols need to be passed on so that they can be carried. It's a torch to to carry. But it's going to be a a tense subject to talk about. Uh, but I think that if they want to, if they want to keep this whole universe going, we have to see that handoff happen. Hmm. You know, we've had we've had new characters come into the Avengers. You know, the Avengers is just the name of the team, right? Sure. So we've had we've had the roster get switched up and you know some people come on some people leave like thor was out for a little bit hulk was gone for a while you know they were in space doing whatever they do but you know there was still an avengers team so it it makes sense that people should be okay with you know the 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 handing over of
1: an of a role you know sure sure i disagree Okay. Uh, I, you're allowed to, we obviously have some of these situations, um, like we have, um, Captain America handing his shield off and we've already got, um, and I think they will eventually bring miles Morales, Spider-Man in, but I think it's going to be a while. Um, uh, there was one other I had in mind, but I'm, I'm blanking. Um, I think they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to do some handoffs, but I kind of hope they keep it to a minimum. Um, at least for a while, I want us to feel the loss of these characters. And the fact that these are their core heroes, as you say, Jay, um, these are only their core heroes because they made them their core heroes. Um, at this point, I think the Marvel cinematic universe is the brand that is carrying this all forward and is going to continue to carry all this forward. And we really don't need Thor Hulk captain America and iron man in any forms, if they passed or whatever, and two of them have, and if the others, if the others pass, I think like you just move on. And as long as they continue the high quality storytelling, like they can make, they can make new ones. They can make new core heroes. And I think that's a better route to go. Cause I don't want to always, you know, I'd much rather the team be a different team. And that's the thing. Like, uh, we have, we have the Avengers and that's been the name of this thing and they talked about how these, these phases are going to be different. What if the next team is not the Avengers? What if the next big team up is something totally different? Uh, I don't know if it'll be a different team from comics that I, I don't even know the name of right now. Um, but I can absolutely see them just going with a totally different title for the te- next team up movie, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the, your point of new people coming in and, and joining the team kind of fits more with what I was saying about the Avengers being a fluid entity, as long as they're all there to try to save the world. Um, I was equating that to, you know, anybody could wear the mask.
1: Yeah. Anybody can be in the suit. For sure. And that's, and that's a beautiful message as we talked about in the Into the Spider-Verse episode. But like, I just really like that, uh, we can, Um I I like that we can lose people. Honestly. I really like that this universe is okay with losing people and I hope that some of them stay gone. And I don't I just don't think you need an Iron Man. Like as much as I think you needed Robert Downey Jr. to carry us through this last ten years, but I don't think that we need another Iron Man, especially right away. I think maybe in you know, he'll still have uh you know the Iron Spider and other like elements of Tony Stark left behind, but I don't think we need to continually reboot these characters in a way um, as as mantles personally. But that, that's that's just what I think. You know, I, yeah, they totally I mean, totally fair if you do think that they need a, a new version of all those characters, <laughs> and we know we're already getting a She Hulk. That's the other one I yeah. was going to mention earlier that I forgot. We're already we know we're getting a She-Hulk. We also know we're getting a, a passing of the torch to a new Hawkeye as well. So we're getting some of these things happening. I kind of hope that they do that to a minimal degree, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many characters in Marvel comics that have not had their due. You know, we haven't seen Moon Knight, and we've been begging for Moon Knight since like forever. You know? Right, and and there's there's a ton of characters like that that a lot of people are asking for everybody's clamoring for and it's really hard to give those characters their due when you know you're stuck on tony stark iron man has to be there in every movie to to sell it for sure so you know i'm 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 okay with them not having the heroes come back but I definitely think that it would be pretty easy to to pass the mantle on. Oh, for sure. I think,
1: and I think they will do some of that. I just, I personally just hope they don't ever do it.
0: Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, Adara Glader said to us, um, "It looks like uh, an email." Billy Braddock is Captain Britain, who is essentially a less buff Captain America. Captain America goes back in time and has children with the one and only Peggy Carter. So you know, ch- who just so happens to be British. I'm not saying Peggy and Cap's daughter moves to Britain and marries someone named Braddock, giving birth to one Captain Britain, but that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a great story that yeah. I'm hearing. I want this. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, on the ongoing topic of fight scenes set to music, one of my favorites is Yandu Rocket, and Groot destroying the Ravager ship to come a little bit closer. Love your podcast. Just keep doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you, Adar. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I think that's a beautiful idea, and... Really would be pretty doable. And that's the thing. We all, we all talked about how did Cap just stay out of things? Maybe he was elsewhere in the world during his, like, tra- doing travels of some sort uh, for this last, What well, when he went back in time. It's very possible he went to Europe and worked over there for a while.
0: Yeah, maybe he became a humanitarian.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's see. Tanya Marquot said two quick things in Endgame that stood out for me. Black Widow on the platform before the time jump. See you in a minute. She's so cheerful. The glance from Cap never sees her again. That really gets me.
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's been so serious in the movie leading up to that point, And then, you know, she finally gets the band back together and has that that smirk and and that cheerful attitude it's really it's really great to see her back in you know in in form yep so and then
1: heartbreaking once you know how it ends oh my god so, yes so good
0: yeah and then uh let's see the next point that tanya makes speech from hulk before donning the glove that calls back to the conversation between him and stark in avengers one you were created for a purpose i hope i'm there to see it i love this call back to that conversation tanya
1: yeah i had not thought of that uh connection before and that's that's beautiful that's beautiful gotta go watch the entirety of avengers endgame again so that i can make that connection whatever you need to watch the entirety of the universe you make all the connections oh
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, because that's all interconnected yeah
1: absolutely (laughs) <laughs> Alright guys, well we are, that's all our feedback that we had and, uh, well, I, that's not true. We have a whole lot of feedback that we're trying to make it through and uh, if we don't get to your feedback, we apologize. There was so much feedback and still a lot coming in, so we're really having to filter it these days and try to just pick things that are going to inspire conversations or that we think are particularly neat. So, um, we appreciate everybody who sends in some feedback. We really love it. And, uh, we love that you guys are engaged. We're going to start a Facebook group very soon. Um, hopefully by next time we record, I'll be able to tell you guys how to get, how to access it because apparently Facebook groups are really good for everyone in the group being able to communicate with each other. And I think that's what we need for this podcast because a lot of you guys send in great things and we can't talk about them all. So uh, let's get a Facebook group going. It would be awesome. Should um, we make a subreddit? Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really use Reddit much, but I, I think that'd be great. Um. So yeah, anybody who wants to do that or whatever, <laughs> let us know. We're 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 down to just be members of all these things. Um. All right, guys. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com. We're at mcucast on all the social medias. Call us at 573-CAST-MCU. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash mcucast. Uh, We'd really appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. We're going to be doing some uh, uh, commissioned episodes in the next couple weeks. That is a promise. We are absolutely doing commissioned episodes um, very, very soon. We're going to be reaching out probably this week. To get some commissions because it's time. Uh, the, uh, if you want to find more from my, uh, more from me, more from my, uh, if you want to find more from me, you can, uh, find my other podcasts at the Star Trek Universe podcast or the Orville Universe podcast wherever you get podcasts, or you can search for my music. Just search for Matthew Carroll wherever you get music. Peace.
0: Until next time, true believers.